saved us over. What is up, everybody? What's up? Welcome back to Daily Dose of Reality. I'm Tyler. That's what's your name again? It's Hunter. I'm Bob. He's Bob. He's Bob today. Sorry, we were discussing some computer parts because now we don't have to buy them because the internet's working good. But anyways, we're going to jump into this today. Our first story coming out of Istanbul in Turkey. Uh, At least six people have been confirmed killed and 53 injured in an explosion in the heart of the Turkish city of Istanbul on Sunday afternoon, according to the city's governor. Uh, Those who were injured are being treated. Uh, Yerlikaya, uh, which I'm assuming is, yeah, it's the governor's name. Early confirmed that the explosion took place on Istiklal Street in Beoglu Square. Our police held fire and AFAD teams were sent to the scene. Uh, developments will be shared with the public. Calling the explosion in Istanbul on Sunday afternoon an attack, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said state authorities would work to identify those responsible for it. All the responsible figures will be identified and punished. Erdogan added that he and his delegation would be departing shortly for the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia as planned. Turkish police and explosive experts were seen on Istiklal Street following the explosion. Uh, the investigation has been launched into the explosion, and the prosecuting office has begun the investigation with five public prosecutors assigned to it, according to the agency. Uh, as of now, no one has taken uh, responsibility for it. Uh, we'll give you updates if we get them, but right now we're kind of just in the same boat as everyone else. <clears throat> so we'll just have to wait for updates on that one as we go. We got a lot of we got a lot of sad we got three sad ones today, and then we have some a lot of little upbeat stuff to make people a little bit more happy. Yeah. So the next one, guys. Uh, I don't know how many people who listen to us have watched the Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks movie Terminal about a man who comes to America from his home country only to be denied entry. <clears throat> due to something going on in his home country that has kept him from being allowed in the country. And then he proceeded to have to live and stay at the airport for a certain amount of years until it he was allowed out. So this is actually what inspired that movie. Uh, it was an Iranian exile who was stuck for 18 years in a Paris airport. Mehran Karimi Nassari, uh spent 18 years at Charles de Gaulle Airport outside the French capital. Uh, He was caught originally in an immigration trap, unable to enter France and with nowhere to go. He became dependent on his unusual place of abode and increasingly a national and international celebrity. Uh, He called himself Sir Alfred, and a small section of airport parquet and plastic bench became his domain. Karim Inasari's peculiar story came to the attention of Hollywood director Spielberg, and it inspired the 2004 film The Terminal, which starred Hanks and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Hanks played a man who became trapped at New York's JFK airport when his home country collapses into revolution. After spending most of the money he received for the film, Karimi Nassari returned to the airport a few weeks ago, the official said. Several thousand euros were found on him. Uh, yesterday, he passed away of natural causes just before midday in Terminal 2F of Charles de Gaulle Airport in France. So he stayed there... No, he did get to leave. He earned money from the movie and was able to leave for a period of time, but he did return to the airport a few weeks ago. Uh, because at that point, I guess it was his home, you know. 
Uh, and apparently there was an actual like informal support network for him at the airport. Uh, they would provide him food, medical help, books, a radio. In 1999, he was granted refugee status and the right to remain in France. Uh, and he was quoted as saying, I'm not quite sure what I want to do. Stay at Rosie, the airport, or leave, he said, after being handed the right to live in France. I have papers. I can stay here. I think I would. I should carefully study all the options before making a decision. And he didn't leave. This man. Uh, his lawyer, Christian Borgay, said that he no longer wants to leave the airport. He's scared of going. This man lived in that airport. He was a celebrity in France. And he passed away there, where he lived and loved to be. Wow, man. And y'all, if you've not watched it, I would definitely recommend going and watching Terminal. It is an amazing Spielberg movie. Tom Hanks is a fantastic actor. Uh, and it kind of tells this man's story without actually using his name or yeah. country. Then, y'all, we have a sad story coming out of Dallas yesterday. Uh, Dallas Air Show. Six people were killed when two historic military planes collided and crashed to the ground Saturday uh, during the Dallas Air Show. Uh, the planes were a P-63 and a B-17 uh, flying out of Houston. Uh, according to the Dallas County Medical Examiner, there were a total of six fatalities. Uh, I have seen video from this. Uh, we're not going to link it because it's really... yeah. It's tragic when you see it. Um, emergency crews did race to the crash scene. Uh, there was no survivors from this. For those who have seen the video, they were roughly flying maybe 150, 200 feet above the ground uh, when the P-63 came in from the left side of the B-17 and a maneuver where the underbelly of the P-63 was facing the B-17. Neither crews were able to see each other. Uh, the P-63 collided with the back of the B-17, ripping the entire tail section off. So was it just... Within a second of impact, they were both on the ground. Well, I know that because I, I, saw, I saw the videos and stuff. But my thing was, six people were killed. Was it just people in the planes or did they hit people on the ground? They did not hit anyone on the ground. So the P-63 has a crew of one. The B-17 had a crew of five. Okay. That's because I was like, how? Thankfully, there were no paying customers on the B-17 at the time. The B-17 is actually something that, that you could buy tickets to fly at yeah. these air shows. And thankfully, no one was on board at the time. Uh, the aircraft, aircraft are often flown by highly trained volunteers, retired pilots of these planes a lot of the time. Uh, Victoria Yeager, who is the widow of famed Air Force test pilot Chuck Yeager, and herself a pilot, was at the show. She did not see the collision, but did see the burning wreckage, and commented on it. Was her only comment was it was pulverized. She did say we were just hoping they had all gotten out, but we knew they didn't. Yeah. For those who watched that video, from the moment of impact to the moment of the fireball when the plane collect, collided with the ground is literally about a second and a half. The people on that B-17 probably never knew what hit them. Now, the B-17 is, or was, I should say, one of eight remaining flying B-17s in the world. Uh, most of the B-17s were scrapped at the end of World War II, and only a handful of them remain today, 
largely museum pieces. Uh, if you want to see this crash, I would recommend not showing it to young kids. Uh, there are several videos on social media that show it. Uh, it's it's bad, y'all. They're like, on they're on TikTok and YouTube, and you can you can find them. You I, can find them. I don't know why you'd want to see something like that. But now, this does bring up air show safety, which has been a concern for years, particularly with old military aircraft. And this is not the first time there have been a large number of deaths from air show accidents. No. Uh, in 2011, there were 11 people killed in Reno, Nevada, when a P-51 Mustang fighter crashed into the spectators. In 2019, a bomber crashed in Hartford, Connecticut, killing seven people. Why? The NTSB has said that they have investigated 21 accidents since 1982 involving World War II-era bombers that resulted in 23 deaths. Why have we decided to, I mean, older The thing planes, is, these older planes... Older planes are cool and everything. When they're kept up, yeah, they normally are... It's normally not the plane that causes these accidents. Yeah. It's normally a hotshot younger pilot who thinks he can put a 70-year-old aircraft through the same stuff that it could do back then. And these airplanes, or for the, regular flights and stuff, like the B-17 was not at fault in this. Yeah. And for, or at least to me, from watching the videos, now the NTSB has not said anything yet, so do not take what I am saying. I do not fly. I do not know planes. Do not take what I am saying as fact. The B-17, to my, in my opinion, did not look at fault from these videos. Yeah. But it could have been flying in the wrong area for all I know. I am not a pilot. I am not a member of that airship. Well, usually those air shows are pretty well choreographed, kind of. So sometimes it depends. Yeah. Uh, the FAA and the NTSB have also launched investigations to see if they can figure out what caused this. Uh, yeah. Pictures of the wreck online. I mean, the the plane is gone, like completely gone. So, y'all, uh, just be thinking about these people's families and stuff. These are from what I did see another article. I couldn't find it for this one. Uh, but two of the pilots were retired pilots that flew these kind of things all the time. Uh, the B-17 pilots and co-pilot. Uh, the P-63 was flown by a single person. And just take this with, you know, a grain of salt, but... If you're flying in these kind of events and stuff, and you're using an, a plane that's seventy years sorry that's seventy years old, maybe don't try to hot rod it. Don't try to overdo your capability. These planes were made for a war back then, and yes, back then they could be put through these kind of paces. But you're talking about a plane that is seventy years new. old. They were brand new at that. Time. You can replace parts all you want, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And also at the same time, like this. From the video, it doesn't look like this was a, a part malfunction that caused this crash. It looks like it was pilot error. It looks like the P-63 pilot was not paying attention. Now, I don't want to... Again, don't... Don't take this as fact. Yeah. I don't want people to think I'm disparaging this pilot. I'm not. You know, it's tragic what happened to him, and it was a tragic accident. But if you do these events, guys, be careful. And like... 
you know, you never know what's going to happen or how fast it can happen. Once we get more information. We will give updates once we know some more. We will update this one. Just be careful, guys. If you do these kind of events, try to be aware of your surroundings and be as careful as you can because you never know. This stuff can come out of nowhere. Yeah. So, guys, next three are actually some kind of upbeat and light stuff because we didn't really want to end this one on a depressing note like all the others we've had to do in the last few weeks. Uh, the first one, guys, the Toy Hall of Fame, which I didn't even know was a thing, inducted three new toys. Uh, we have the Light Bright, which I had one of those as a kid. Yeah. Uh, the Masters of the Universe figures, He-Man and all of that, you know. And then the top. And yes, I do mean the spinning top. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that wasn't already in this museum. Uh, these were actually selected from a field of finalists, including Bingo, Brayer Horses, Catan, Nerf, the Pinata, Phase 10, Pound Puppies, Racco, and Spirograph. Nerf don't deserve to be there just yet. No, Nerf's still putting stuff out. Uh, the museum did say that the spinning top has been a favorite children's toy since ancient times, uh, and is one of the oldest toys and an integral part of any many cultures where it developed independently as a plaything. With more than 5,000 years of history behind it, it's about time that the top was in the Hall of Fame. Masters of the Universe, Mattel's toy line centering around heroes He-Man and She-Ra hit shelves in the 80s and spun off into multiple animated TV series, comic books, and a feature film. And then the Lightbright, a creative toy that made its debut in 1966, allows children to create glowing images against a black background, with children being able to create both stenciled images and images of their own creation. And we had a Lightbright when we were younger. That was actually one of my favorite toys because you could make all the little images and stuff on it and it looked so cool. So that was just a little bit update, up, upbeat thing. You know, these toys that have been around for a while inducted into a Hall of Fame that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Then the next one we have, guys, is Dead by Daylight developers are hinting at surprising future collaborations. So I didn't really look at this to see too much. I thought it was going to be interesting because of the group we're in. Uh, but uh, they've already collaborated with a lot of killers, including Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Ghostface, Michael Myers, and Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh and they even have their version of Jason, even though he's not named that. Right. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's Jason. We know it's Jason. So speaking with Deserta, Dexerto, uh, <clears throat> behavior head of partnership Matthew Cote said to expect Dead by Daylight to continue this trend into the future. Acknowledge that while the short list is getting shorter, the range of options is wider than it's ever been, uh, which is to say that while horror options are becoming more limited, Dead by Daylight is finding new opportunities. Examples like Evil Dead's Ash Williams, with Coat refers to as comedy, and the Attack on Titan anime collaboration are what he has in mind. Uh, what those future collaborations could be will have to remain a mystery, however. Coat isn't giving away any of Dead by Daylight's secrets. What he is willing to say, though, is that players are going to be surprised by what the company has planned. Yeah. Uh, so some things that people have asked to see in the game include Aliens, Xenomorph, uh, Pennywise of It, Five Nights at Freddy Partnership. I'm surprised we hadn't seen. I'm surprised we haven't seen It. It yeah. surprises me. So, literally, it'll be interesting to see. Literally, right. It surprises me. Right. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what they come out with next. The Resident Evil one is going strong right now, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. They've had their version of Jason, like I said, and <coughs> I would like to see It. I think I It think would be cool. Call him yeah. I think it would be cool, though. He's the base guy you can get. But 
anyway. And then, guys, our last story of the day is a kind of heartfelt and heartwarming interaction between two Red Dead Online players. And this is actually a break from what Red Dead Online's usual cowboy antics are. Uh, this player actually took the opportunity to help out another gamer who was just starting out. So it's fairly common for online games to see toxic behavior. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead's actually one of the biggest because of the amount of freedom you have to act out your Wild West outlaw fantasies. Uh, this goes from, you know, acts of griefing to hilarious chaos. And I will not even, I will admit, I am one of those who likes to do the crazy acts of chaos sometimes. Me I, and my buddies will ride in with all six of us and just lay waste, you know? I saw a group of people, well, not a group, it was two people, the other day, they were acting like they were sheriffs. Yep. And they would tie you up and you would have to sing to get your freedom. Yep. Now, this is actually a break from all of that. Reddit user Zone, the director, took the opportunity to help out a newer player. He even went so far as to say they performed a good deed and he wanted to share the experience with others. So his story starts with him wondering Red Dead Online's Great Plains. They spot another player on their horse chasing a pronghorn and trying to lasso it, only to crash into a rock and go flying off the horse and land next to him. Seeing that the player is only level 21, Zone messaged him to see if he needed help. The other player seemed not to know how to accept a group invite, so Zone initially assumed he was a kid, only to discover when he joined that he was a 55-year-old man twice Zone's age. Uh, going on, they said the 55-year-old player had just gotten an Xbox and Red Dead Online, was one of the games he wanted to play first on account of the old westerns he watched growing up. So to that end, Zone, who is a level 340 player, helped him get a better handle on the game's controls, showed him how to hunt more efficiently, and told him about things like Red Dead Online's roles and ability cards, as well as which guns are worth getting. The two ended up for playing for six hours. Zone said that he plans to play with him again and help him unlock the trader role throughout the coming week. Uh, in closing, Zone mentioned their new friend is a caretaker in real life and doesn't have opportunities to leave home or talk to other people. He was really grateful that Zone showed him the ropes. For all the toxicity gamers can face online and do portray a lot of the time mm. online, it's nice to be reminded that games also can be a way for people to make those kind of connections. Yeah. Even in a game like Red Dead, where it's easy to just get caught up in all the, the craziness. Yeah. Of hog tying people because that's fun <laughs> just saying huh? right no it is fun i know uh overall the response to this has been positive <clears throat> plenty of people agreeing it was sweet uh a lot of older gamers did take issue to the implication that being in one's 50s makes them old <clears throat> but what constitutes oldness does it's a matter of perspective i mean this story does show that while video games do tend to be marketed towards younger people all people of all ages play them older people like them too i mean yeah but that that's it's kind of just a heartwarming story i wish we had more people like that in multiplayer games of all kinds that would just be more supportive kind yeah so guys that's all we got today we wanted to leave you on a heartwarming one uh, I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, I don't have anything else. Hunter, do you have anything you wanted to say? No. Uh, remember, um, we don't have merch for the podcast yet, but we do have merch for our Twitch. gaming channels and all that. So please check that out. Check out that can. link. Check I us know. out on Twitch. Check us out on YouTube. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook. I know I know. money is 
money's tight right now. So especially going into the holidays. I know merch and all. Hey, pick up some holiday merch for exactly for the friends and family. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you like what we do. That's one of the many ways you can support us and help us to grow this and and get it out there. So we appreciate you just for listening. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. This has been your daily dose of reality. I'm Tyler. That's I'm Hunter. Hunter. God bless you, and y'all have a good one.